Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 pod. Brett Barron's along with Andy Olson after Illinois beats Nebraska 72-56 to sweep the regular season series over the Huskers. And despite Illinois shooting 5 for 29 from 3, that is not good. Last time Mm -hmm. I checked, Andy. Uh, They come away with the win. 17% from 3 in the game does not matter because Illinois gets some big-time bench production and one starter from Jaden Epps out of the three freshmen. Ty Rogers, Sincere Harris, and Jaden Epps, I thought, shined very brightly tonight. Sincere makes all four of his shots. Ty makes all three of his shots. Seven points for Ty, seven rebounds, including six offensive. And Jaden Epps throws up 12 points, going four for 10 from the field. And they are the reason Illinois is able to overcome a slow start. They were doubled up early. Andy, you were courtside to see it all. They looked flat on TV. How did you see the Illini come out of the gate? Yeah, I don't know if um, I don't know if they seemed flat when they were were out there, but it certainly something wasn't clicking. It looked like they were getting really good looks at the at uh, the basket, which is what Brian Underwood has. Uh, told us again and again what he cares more about than them making shots is getting good looks. And they did that for a lot of the first half. I mean, they had 38 points in the first half, but the defense was lacking in in some areas. Sam Greasel was kind of having his way with the Alana in that first half. The the matchup that he was exploiting, they just didn't have an answer for until a little bit later in the game. Um, And it was those freshmen that came in and played sharp because in Brad Underwood's post-game press conference, he said they weren't the team was not their sharpest, uh, but the freshmen were in, in this game. And this is kind of the first time that we've seen this season where the freshmen are the reason that the Illini won, not just a compliment to these other pieces that are, are performing for the Illini, whether it's Meyer or it's Shannon. No, the freshmen tonight were the sole reason that in that Illinois won this game over Nebraska. Uh, and not just one, uh, one uh very in a dominating fashion as well. Um, this game was tied at 50 and Illinois ends the game on a 22 to six run. Um, and freshman playing a big part of that Ty Rogers and sincere Harris down the stretch. And now Illinois finds itself in second place in the big 10 somehow after that Owen three start in the big 10 in, in January, it seems like the sky's falling to end the month on a really good run here. Yeah, pretty crazy um, that even at the beginning of this month, as we look forward now to February and that loss to Northwestern and you were at the game and Northwestern is proven to be better than everyone thought they would be this year. But it did seem like that this team was at a major crossroads at that point. And to think how far that they are going to come here going this weekend to Iowa that will be exactly one month later so that Northwestern game was 1-4 the Iowa game is 2-4 the next game for the Alana now after this uh, Nebraska game on Tuesday night just to think how far that has come to go big picture that that spectrum is ginormous that is a huge difference from where this team is at now winners of seven out of their last eight to get to where they are and there's just buy-in team knows their roles and to me that was personified tonight by the freshmen stepping up 11 for 17 if you're going to get that from your freshmen and guys coming off the bench primarily uh except for Jaden Epps this team is going to be very very good and they showed that and to me 
It was all hustle plays. It was Sincere Harris playing defense. It was Ty Rogers getting six offensive rebounds. It was Jaden Epps continuing to be aggressive to the basket. And despite missing four threes, like the dude continues to just be crafty around the rim. I mean, th- those are things that you see successful teams in March start to make pushes now. And that's where we're at, right? I think that's got to be really exciting for Illini fans. Yeah, and they're just find ways to win games. Uh, this And in the same vein of in December or really that first game against Northwestern, where they it was the complete opposite they could not find a way to win a game like they they were in some of these games that they were losing uh they were even close games to guys like Alabama A&M that were way too close than what they should be and Illinois could just not find that way to win and they've done a complete reversal uh Brad Underwood says it's it's the effort it's the buy-in from the team um, some of the team has talked about the changes on defense that they're making uh, now in every win that they've had in January, they've held the team with uh, 69 points or less. Um, what, uh, again, the case today holding Nebraska to 56 points. Um, so whatever it is, the change on defense, the effort, Illinois is, is a completely different teams and they're learning how to win these games, which I think is going to be so important when it comes to March. Uh, which I'm glad we can talk about now. There were points where we were like, ah, well, we think that we know they're talented enough to make it to March, but can they play as a team and actually qualify for the NCAA tournament? I feel pretty solid in saying that they'll they'll be playing in, in March Madness now that they've kind of strung some of these games together and have, have proven that they really can play as a team. Um, what they can do in that tournament, who's to say? But I think the goal right now for Illinois should be, like we've said, get that double buy in the Big Ten tournament. Technically, they're three games behind Purdue in the Big Ten standings if they want to win a regular season title. They probably have to go undefeated from, from here on out and then hope Purdue picks up two losses somewhere in there before the last game in West Lafayette before uh, the postseason gets started. But that's way down way down um, the road. Uh, right now, Illinois is playing really good basketball. And uh, I, I feel like from here on out, they should be favored in most of their games. I was going to be tough Saturday, but, uh, you know, who knows with this team? I, I think they're starting to find some consistency. And like you mentioned, that's on the defensive end. As Nebraska scores eight points the final 12 minutes of the game, they were up 50 to 48. Illinois tied it at 50. And then it was over after that, essentially, which is pretty crazy to think uh, that, you know, a team like the Huskers, who started the night second to last in the Big Ten, put that much of a fight up, but credit to them for doing that. And then also for Illinois' defense for holding them in the last 10, uh, 10 minutes, six points. I mean, that's that that's what really good, as we like to say, elite defenses for Brad Underwood. <laughs> okay, Brad is, Underwood. Everything is elite with him. Uh, that that's what good teams do. That's what elite defenses do. And Illinois is playing like one of those elite defenses right now. And even when the ball doesn't go in, especially from yeah. deep, I have questions about Illinois shooting 29 threes. I'm not sure it needs to do that. But even when those shots don't go in and there was only three or only five threes in the game, three from Meyer and two from Shannon that went in for Illinois. How big of a difference do you think that Luke Goody could make when slash if he returns from his foot surgery, because I think coming into the season, a lot of people had anticipated 
he was going to be your sharpshooter from three. And now other people are going to are having to have stepped up this entire season without him. Yeah, I do think he makes a difference, but it's just unknown what he can do coming off yeah. that injury. I mean, I correct. Yes, he's proven that he can make threes, but can he do it at a 35% clip when he hasn't played competitive basketball in four months? I mean, nobody knows. And he, and he hasn't played any game, actual game, other than the secret scrimmage since last March. So, like, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. And yet the team still finds a way to win defensively. I mean, that that's the biggest thing to me is that you're getting buy-in from – Guys not named Matthew Meyer, Coleman Hawkins, or Terrence Shannon, your three best players, and you're getting production out of guys like Sincere Harris and Ty Rogers that didn't have that earlier this season. Yes, Jaden's been the best freshman overall out of those guys that's left on the team. We we could have said that about Sky Clark the first month of the season, put up a whole bunch of points. But now Jaden Epps has been your best freshman, most consistent freshman. If you can get those seventh and eighth guys like Ty Rogers and Sincere Harris to play up and and be consistent, this team's ceiling goes dramatically higher, in my opinion, because now you have some solid seventh and eighth players. And yes, they're freshmen, but it's almost good that they're freshmen because they don't know any different, yeah. right? They just know to play hard. And to me, that is what's going to separate this team really here in the last nine regular Big Ten games of the season. And then as we head to the Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament. And to me, it's all about getting that double buy in the Big Ten tournament and then finding your seating. And I've seen a lot of projections that I have Illinois in that 8-9 line right now. I think that'll continue to trend upward for Illinois. You got to get somewhere between that 4 and 7 primarily higher than you know higher being like lower if that makes sense you you want to get to that three to six line where you feel really good about you know making a second weekend or at least having a chance in that way yeah if you're on that eight nine I mean you're in trouble playing a one seed the second round and it happens but as Illinois has experienced two years ago it does happen but uh, against any number one seed you're not going to like your chances at all and I think you hit on something really important which is the balance that this team has between experience in the postseason and some of those guys, like you said, it's the freshmen. It's almost better that they don't know what that pressure is like so that they don't have to think about it. When we were talking about two years ago, when Illinois was the number one seed, uh, there was almost zero postseason experience on that Illinois team simply because of that canceled tournament uh, the, the season before. Um, so really, the only postseason play that those guys had had was when they lost in the first round of the Big Ten tournament to Northwestern. I think I'm doing that correctly. If if not, I may have the year wrong. Um, but now this team has guys like Meyer and, and Danger who were around that Baylor team. Meyer playing an actual role on the national championship Bear team. Uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. Ha- has done it before, a Texas Tech team uh, that has gone deep. Coleman Hawkins himself has experienced two different postseasons now here at Illinois. So they have that experience, guys that know how to lock in, what it takes to win in March, but they also have those guys that are coming off the bench or even in the starting lineup like Jaden Epps who don't have to think about that that pressure of performing. They just have to know to to play hard when it comes to March. They can leave what it's like to play in March to those guys who have been here before. They don't need to focus on that. They just need to play hard. 
And I think that could be um, a secret weapon for Illinois as we get closer to postseason play coming up. Yeah, and thinking about this too, Andy, you mentioned with Luke, where does he fit into this rotation? And R.J. Melendez continues to struggle from three, 0 for 3 tonight against the Huskers, 1 for 5 from the game. Brad continues to praise him for his effort and and his rebounding and, and his hustle and what he's doing. But for me, that's that's got to be the spot where you look at is is Luke coming in and probably stealing some of RJ's minutes, 15 minutes tonight from him. I get the feeling that Brad is really bought in now, especially after tonight, to what Ty and Sincere are going to do. And in that Sincere minute line, uh, 13 and 43, so just say 14 minutes, that's probably about right for some spot minutes from him. You know, defender, guy gets going. Sincere comes in, locks him down, changes the game. We've seen that several times. That's that script play out this season, and and I think Ty at about eighteen minutes. I I, I could be wrong, but I I think Brad would love to play Ty eighteen minutes because he knows he's going to get consistent rebounding from him, and whether he scores or not, I don't I don't really think Brad's too worried about whether Ty Rogers scores. I I think he's concerned about the defensive in there. Um, Thoughts from that in terms of minutes and rotations and, and how that's going? Because, you know, it's it's really short up here. We're, we're eight deep tonight in this game for Illinois, and that's it. I mean, that and that's what you want, I think, right? And when, yeah, you, when and you get to this we've point seen in the season. them go nine deep earlier in the season when Sky Clark was still with the team. Um, so Brad has shown that he's willing and capable of doing that. Um, I, t- 18 seems a little high for Ty Rogers, but I think you're probably hit the nail on the head with RJ Melendez possibly losing out minutes to Luke Goody when, when he returns uh, at, at some point, I think you have to tell RJ to stop taking threes because tonight he was over three. He just hasn't hit them consistently or very well at all, all season. I think you need to tell him that he needs to be a, a drive the basket kind of guy. Cause for two, two weeks in a or sorry, not two weeks, but two games in a row now, He's had really electric drives to the basket that uh, have ended um, right up around the rim. I can't remember if it was a dunk tonight, but it was definitely a a posterizing dunk up in Wisconsin. Uh, That's the type of guy that I think RJ can be for this team down the stretch. I just, I don't think that he can be that three point shooter at this moment. He just doesn't seem to have his shot kind of tuned in at the moment. So when Luke is back, that's, I think maybe where those shots should go, not just the minutes, but the shots should go to him as well and have RJ playing kind of a completely different role. Then I don't want to say he's been thrust into with Luke being gone, but he's certainly taken on a little bit of of that responsibility of Goody not being with his team, trying to see where these threes are going to come from. Um, That's going to be most interesting to me is maybe how RJ is going to be utilized differently when Luke comes back. Cause I do, do agree think, that, that Luke is going to have more minutes than RJ when he does come back. Do you think though, that Brad's going to tell RJ to stop shooting? Cause everything that I've heard from him in post game and, and previewing games and everything else, he said, he wants just guys shooting. And and we see that for Matthew Meyer, that dude doesn't have a shot. He doesn't like on the court. <laughs> I mean, I, how do you balance that confidence? I, I think it's a really tough yeah. spot for Brad. I'm not a coach, so I have no idea how you go about telling a guy to stop shooting in those situations. But uh, there are certainly guys who you're going to want to take three-pointers more than others. And RJ just hasn't done it consistently this year. It feels like every time he's putting up a three, you're thinking like, oh, is this going to be the one that kind of 
you know, where he catches fire, starts rattling off with a few in a row here, and he just never seems to make them. Uh, so I don't know what that balance is going to be like coaching. Will he say something? I feel like at some point he has to, or one of the assistant coaches has to, or maybe in the game plan, you got to tell him, hey, you, we need you to look to drive before looking to shoot from beyond the arc. Has to be the way I think you go about it because uh, they're losing possessions by him missing all these threes. Uh, and I think you're right about Matthew Meyer. C- certainly does not have, there's not any three point shot that he does not think that he can make. The way that he was stepping back on like almost every every time he shot today was kind of funny, uh, just because he had made a few of those against Wisconsin. Uh, clearly that was the game plan against Nebraska today was to shoot a lot of threes. It didn't work out well. They're not going to shoot 29 threes against everyone in the big 10. Um, but who's going to be able to take those shots moving forward. I don't know. You have to divvy it up somehow. Cause I feel like when Luke comes back, he's going to need to take those shots from someone. All right. Here's the stat for you. RJ Melendez in the month of January, Illinois was seven and two this month. RJ was four of 27 from three, 14%, Andy. Mm. For the season, RJ shooting 24% from three. That is just tough. You feel bad for yeah. the kid because Brad says he continues to make him in practice, but it's just not translating to the game court. And and it's just not there. And, and I think that's got to be the hardest part mentally for RJ, especially if they are falling in practice and we're not in practice, we don't get to see that. Uh, but, you know. To not have it translate is is got to be really difficult. Um, but you know, Illinois with more wins in the month than RJ has threes, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, six of those games he went over. I mean, like you know, not that's, good. that's tough. One game he didn't attempt a three, so I'm not going to include that one. But uh, six out of those nine games over from three uh, is just really, really difficult. I think it's a good thing for Illinois when Taron Shannon still scores double digits, 13 points, and it took him 13 shots to get there. Uh, but, you know, that's an off night for Taron Shannon Jr. And, you know, he got picked up by Matthew. And uh, Coleman, a quiet 10 for him, I, I felt like. Although the one thing that was pretty positive, Andy, out of this too, and this is something that's been worth noting, Illinois was a bad free throw shooting team even earlier this month. And 17 for 22 tonight. I feel like that they're making small incremental improvements in that, which I feel like is really important as we get closer to March as well. Yeah, there. I forget what game it was now where they were just missing. It seemed like they they had a less than 50% free throw percentage through the entire game. And I can't remember the the game or the result of that game, uh, but it just goes to show that that's something that they are – you know, like you said, incrementally beginning to improve on uh, growing parts of their game. They're not just staying plateaued where they were at the beginning of January, because that would have been a tough watch. The rest of Big Ten play. Yeah. Uh, Indiana, they went nine for 23 from the line. that was the one. Oh, yeah. Thirty nine percent from the line at home, too. I think that's what makes it even worse. Maybe you miss more a couple more on the road, but to lose at home shooting 39% from the line is, is really, really difficult. Do you just uh, have the yips at that point? If you're if yeah, nine I, of 23, that's hard to do, I guess. Um, you know, but you feel better about it tonight, 17 to 22, not, there's still not a great free throw shooting team. I, the highest clip so far in this stretch has been the Ohio state game when they went 16 for 18. 
you know, but there's nights in here where they're shooting in the 50s this season for cents, uh, you know, from the line. You just good teams don't do that. But I, I do feel like they have been overall improving on that. And and I think that's a, a positive step from them to step up and, and make those at the line. All right, Andy, I don't think we're going to remember this game as a huge turning point or anything else like that. It's, it's a game Illinois was projected to win as 14-point favorites. They got the job done, 16-6 and six now, 7-4. and four. And I think you turn the page to February, and, and, and Illini Nation should feel pretty good about this ball club. The improvement that they've made to win, uh, you know, 7-2 and two in January. And, and Brad Underwood showing again that January I – don't, I don't know what is it in January – I mean, can you put your finger on anything about what they've been able to do in January? It's it's pretty remarkable overall that the last couple of years in January, Illinois now 24-7 and seven the last four years in that month. Yeah, he just – he like, described what, crazy. yesterday, yesterday being Monday, uh, that it just like he, – he said that his team just settles in almost into the season. Um, and, and certainly these past years, Illinois – has not had as many newcomers as they do this season. Uh, so th- this is not just like a, a team needing to gel type of situation. This has just been a Brad Underwood coached team type of thing. But that stat line of 24 and 7? Yep, over the last four seasons in January. Nuts. Because you think that this is going to be one of the tougher months of the year and because you're just getting into Big Ten play and having to do adjust to that. Maybe that goes to show – Playing a tough non-conference schedule helps you make that adjustment into Big Ten play that much easier. Um, you know, you can say whatever for February, March, everyone's kind of used to it at that point, and you're even tiring down because you're getting later into the season. But January, when teams are still relatively fresh, you're getting into Brad Underwood referenced it uh, twice, the the second best rated conference in the country. Um it probably has something to do with those tough games that they're playing in November and December. Um, and, you know, th- it's possible that they're just more ready than uh, some of these other teams like Minnesota, who who played a really easy out-of-conference schedule uh, once they start getting into the, the depths of league play. Good stuff, Andy. All right, Illinois fans, uh, I think feeling pretty good at Iowa now on Saturday. And the Hawkeyes – Picked up a win over Northwestern, I believe, tonight. And so they are on a streak. Iowa actually rolling a little bit here as of late. The The Hawkeyes struggled earlier this season, and and they have been, uh, I don't want to say on a tear, um, but <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if that's the right word there. Uh, Fran's got the fellas playing a little bit better here as of late. 14 and 8, the Hawkeyes are. They are 11 and 2 at home this season. And we'll see how they can come out uh, at Carver Hawkeye. It's been a, a tough place to play for the Illini over the years. And they are coming off a win 86-70 tonight over Northwestern, who has a brutal stretch uh, coming up here for the Wildcats after that yeah. COVID pause. The one time that we get to see Illinois-Iowa this regular season. Yep, a couple of uh, one-game plays coming up here for uh, for illinois as we turn to February, and then before we know it, it's going to be March. All right, that'll do it for the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Thanks so much for listening. For Andy, I'm Brett. Watch Andy's post-game report from State Farm Center on our website, WCIA.com. We've also got the post-game press conference there as well in its entirety. You can watch that 
on our social media pages as well, directly in your Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube timelines, as well as the WCIA3 app. Thanks so much for listening. We'll do it again Saturday after Illinois and Iowa. That is a 1.30 game in Iowa City on Twitter.